Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you are doing well, staying safe, and being healthy out there. And for those of you that have made it out to a ball game, because yes, fans were back in attendance for opening day. Happy opening day. I'm still feeling the positive vibes from the first game of the year. Some teams, unfortunately, were not able to play due to uh, some COVID situations going on with the Nationals and the Mets, but we did get uh, a lot of baseball in. Let's just say more baseball than we did this time last year. So we are thankful for that. Uh, the Mets and Nationals should be playing some double headers this weekend. I uh, believe that they will be playing on Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. But fun stuff. Fun stuff. A lot of craziness going <laughs> going on around the league. Uh, Cody Bellinger hits a home run and it's a RBI single. How does that happen? I, I don't know. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. But apparently uh, he rounded. He went around one of his players and you can't do that. This isn't Little League. Like, what's going on? You, you forgot that you can't do that, Cody? What's going on over there? And then uh, going into Motown. I mean, that's where we're going in this podcast. We're going to be speaking with Detroit Tigers beat writer uh, Cody Stavenhagen for The Athletic. We're going to be talking about the, the atmosphere and the uh, snow blizzard <laughs> that went on. Opening day, April 1st. No, this is not a joke. I mean, I was like, is this a filter? Like, what's what's going on? Are people people messing with me right now? No, it was a snow blizzard. And yes, who other than Miggy, Miguel Cabrera, to hit a two-run bomb <laughs> in a snow blizzard. That has to be his first home run in the snow. I mean, come on. It was crazy. It was a crazy uh, look, mo- a memorable moment uh, for sure. And you know, this opening day, it's memorable for a lot of reasons, right? Many fans haven't been in attendance unless you were at the uh, the bubble in uh, in the postseason last year. Many fans have not attended live baseball and, of course, uh, spring training, but regular season baseball, I, I should say. They haven't, they haven't been there since 2019. I wrapped my head around that the last time uh, I was kind of looking at, all right, I want to go to a game. How long has it been? My last game was Bruce Bochy's farewell in 2019. That's uh, a bit crazy, right? That's, that's, uh, that feels like such a long time ago. Really, I mean, it, it was. <laughs> it was two, September uh, 2019. But, you know, for, for yesterday, a lot of fans, that was their first time getting back to the ballpark and uh, it was fun. I mean, watching the Giants game, and that's that's a whole other situation. I don't know what's going on with that bullpen. That was just a, te- a terrible uh, showing by the bullpen. But we're not going to get into that too deep uh, right now. But, uh, yeah, I, I did not. I went to sleep very upset. <laughs> and that is the good old feeling that baseball is back. Uh, I, I love it. Because you know what happens? Giants get right back to it the next day. That's how baseball is. You you screw up the next uh, the previous day, the next day you make it up, or at least two days later. You know, it depends if you have a travel day or whatever. It sucks when you lose a, a game like that. If it was a travel day or, or they had to sit on this an extra twenty four hours, yeah, I'd probably be a little bit more uh, upset. But they're getting back to it tonight. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. A little bit, a little, a, a little upset. But but uh, you know, it just feels nice to have baseball back. 
uh, and you know, to 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 have fans back in the in the stands, right? Uh, mainly, I mean, I keep talking about the Giants just because that was the game that I watched the most uh, on the television broadcast. There was this woman that just kept screaming, "She woo, woo!" Like she kept <laughs> she kept doing that like every pitch. I'm like, it's a ground ball. What what are you <laughs> what are you screaming about? It's ball three. Like what what are you what are you doing? Unless you're unless we're referring to the bullpen throwing nothing but balls. God, can you throw strikes? My God. I'm not trying to get on a tangent. But <laughs> but that lady, some people took the to social media and they were just they were upset about about the, the lady screaming in Seattle. Call me crazy, but I've missed that. I've missed the crowd noises. I don't want none of this fake crowd noise anymore. I miss the fans, even the drunk, obnoxious ones. Maybe in person, maybe it'll be a little bit different when I finally do get out to a ball game. I think I'm actually going to try to go out to uh, to Oakland uh, this next week. Oakland's playing the Dodgers. Anytime you can go in person to to boo the Smurfs, I mean, yeah, you got you got to do it, right? Yeah, that's that's a that's a given. You have to do it. So we'll see what happens there uh, with tickets and all that and availability. We'll see uh, if I can make it out to the ball game because I am really itching. I mean, to get that last night, to watch all that baseball, I am itching for some live baseball. Like I need to, I need to get out to a ballpark. If it's not uh, Oakland, I'll get out to the, to the home series of the Giants coming up in a week. Uh, definitely. I, I'm excited for that. Um, so I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait, but let's talk to Cody, uh, Staven Hagen, uh, with the Detroit Tigers beat writer for the athletic. We're going to talk about all the fan festivities, uh, what it was like in Detroit and Motown, uh, with that snow blizzard and everything they got going for them. And again, uh, you guys remember AJ Hinch? Yeah, he, he's managing the Tigers, so we're going to definitely get into that as well. Coming up next, we are talking with Detroit Tigers beat writer Cody Stavenhagen for The Athletic. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. Walter here for Passion for the Pastime, and we are talking opening day and going on over to Motown. Uh, we're going to be talking with beat writer for the Detroit Tigers of The Athletic, Cody Stavenhagen. Uh, how are you doing today, St- Cody? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing pretty good. Uh, it was pretty exciting yesterday, I, I would have to say. O- opening day, coming back into the fold, um, seeing fans out there. I mean, but it, it was a pretty memorable day, I would say, in Detroit. And w- w- before we get into yesterday, uh, w- what's the biggest, like, most memorable day of opening day for you? Oh wow, that's a that's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, this is just my third year covering the Tigers, so I remember my first opening day actually being in the ballpark was just a couple years ago in Toronto, um, and it was a pitchers' duel: Jordan Zimmerman and Marcus Stroman, and it was a great game that I, I think went ten or eleven innings. And just actually being there for one for the first time was um, really special. It was kind of emotional makes you think about your, your childhood and growing up playing catch with your dad and all the opening days I used to watch on TV. So I think it'll be hard to, to ever top that first one. Yeah. The first one has to be uh, the top for everybody. Right. So, so that's, that's amazing. Uh, but, but yesterday, 
like the the scene uh just having fans come back this is you know the the first time for for many fans getting back into the ballpark since 2019 um unless you were in the the bubble in Texas last year how how was that atmosphere i mean it was snowing on april 1st <laughs> you would think it was a joke if someone was telling you that yeah, luckily the press box was pretty warm, uh, number one. And then number two, it was. It was, a, it was a weird scene. There was so much going on. The game starts in uh, what feels like a snowstorm. Comerica Park was like if you if you shook up a snow globe. Uh, but then by the end of the game, like the sun was out, and if you, if you didn't look at the temperature on the scoreboard, you would have thought it was a great day. And then you had fans in the stands for the first time. I'm sure most of them uh, were, were miserable, especially if any of them uh, had remained sober, but it was, it was cool just to like have some movement back in the ballpark, some noise. And it was, it was empty enough. You could kind of hear the, uh, the drunk hecklers a little more than normal. And oftentimes that would be annoying, but after having no fans for a year, I think you almost appreciated it. Just having some, some life and personality back in the park was cool. And it, it probably helped everyone, uh, brave the elements a little easier. Now, now, how many fans were allowed uh, at Comerica? Was it like close to ten, or or what was the attendance? Yeah, they're going twenty percent capacity, which comes out to about um, eighty two hundred fans. Okay, so so of those eighty two hundred, how many do you think were were drunk? <laughs> uh, I mean, if it wasn't at least eight thousand, then like I don't know how you could <laughs> how you could uh, be out there in the snow watching nine innings of baseball. It was like thirty one degrees. I, I hope everyone had at least a little bit of a beer jacket on, if, if not more. <laughs> oh man, that that is awesome. See that, and that's the thing too, because uh, I, I'm a I'm a Giants fan, right out here in the Bay Area, and and the Giants. Oh my God, they they blew it yesterday. I don't know if you saw the box score at all. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It was terrible. It was a terrible game. But anyways, <laughs> um, there was this uh, lady that you can hear um on the on the television broadcast, and she was just screaming like every five seconds, every pitch. <laughs> Uh, you know, O uh, two slider like she she's just going all in. She's just screaming. Oh yeah. And some people took to social media and she, and they were like, oh, she's annoying. Like I got to turn this off. Me, I'm like, hey man, I missed that a little bit. Like yeah. go go ahead and go all out. You know. So uh, I almost imagine that the atmosphere there um, at the ballpark was was uh, was electric uh, to say the least in in Detroit. And and yeah, the, you talk about the snow. It opened up with the snow and then if you didn't know that it was snowing uh earlier in the game and you look at the highlights you're like is this the same game like like, right, like what, right. what's going on like it's, it's sunny out there like it looks like a beautiful day it wasn't a snowstorm what are they talking about but uh in in that snowstorm to start the game and to start the year man miggy uh miguel cabrera hits the first home run of 2021 which uh uh, again, it, it, it was uh, pre- pretty funny because he didn't even know, right? He didn't even know that it was a home run. But take us uh, into that at bat and just uh, how what it's like to, to cover Miggy. Yeah, I mean, it was his first A-B of the year. It's the first inning. It's snowing. He's facing the reigning Hale Cy Young winner and Shane Bieber. And then he hits a, a hard line drive to right field. Miggy's entering his, his uh, age 38 season. And he, you know, the ball hits right above that yellow line. You can't really tell. I'm sure you especially can't tell if you were on the field and trying to gaze through the snow. So he thinks it's a double and he slides in at second base. Actually, a nice pop-up slide. And he gets up and 
looks at the umpire and the umpire said, you know, I think uh, kind of waves his finger around. He's saying, no, that was a homer, you know? So then he breaks into a home run shot. It made it all um, kind of strange, kind of weird, but also hilarious. And the crowd's losing its mind. And of course, when the clip gets on social media, people are going crazy. It was the first homer hit in the big leagues in 2021. It was a 488th career home run of, uh, of Miguel Cabrera's career. And then after the game, uh, Miguel was a lot of fun to talk to about it. He's a pretty interesting personality to cover because, to be quite honest, you never quite know what mood he's going to be in. Uh, he doesn't always do a lot of interviews. Sometimes he can be a little short, a little irritable. And then sometimes he's hilarious and he's playful. And uh, and that's definitely what he was like via Zoom yesterday. It was actually the first time he's ever done an interview via Zoom. He didn't uh, he didn't do one all last year when we entered kind of the Zoom era. But he was a lot of fun. He talked about having fans back in the ballpark. And he joked, you know, everyone was like, Miggy, Miggy, throw me a ball. And he was like, hey, guys, I understand you haven't been to the park in a year, but you got to let me focus. you got to let me play. Um, so that was funny. He talked about the slide and, and yeah, overall it was a great moment. It was vintage Miguel Cabrera, both in hitting the homer, both in having fun with it. Um, a, a, a awesome moment for opening day. I think if you're a Tigers fan, you can ask for a much better way to begin the season. Yeah. Miggy's just one of those guys that, uh, you know, he, he shows that he has fun playing the game and, and, mm-hmm. and you, uh, you don't see that with a lot of players, right? But he's one of those guys that really shows it, wears it on his sleeve. Uh, but you talk about number 488, man, 488 home run. He's closing in on 3,000 hits. I mean, this guy is a bona fide Hall of Famer when it comes down to it. Uh, my question to you, is he going to reach both of those historic milestones uh, this season? Yeah, he's definitely well within range. He only needs 12 homers now, I think 133 hits. Um, if you look at his career, even even in 2019 when he did not have a very good year, he still hit 12 homers. He had, I think, 139 hits. So as long as he's able to stay healthy and stay in the lineup, you would think that um, both of those milestones are easily attainable. Um, I've joked with some other people, wouldn't it be cool if his 500th home run was also his 3,000th hit? That would probably mean he doesn't hit for much power this year because I think the 3,000th hit will come a little bit later in the year. Um, but, but that would definitely be fun. I think the the big thing to watch with Miguel this year, he, he hasn't, yesterday was also his first start at first base in almost two years since I think June 18th, 2019, he ran into some chronic knee pain and has only DH since then with AJ Hinch as a manager, you know, Miguel's been kind of begging to play first base because he likes being out in the field. He likes being active. He likes chatting with the umpires and opposing base runners. Um, he says he just feels more engaged. He thinks it'll help him at the plate. So we're going to see him at first a time or two per week this year, which is really interesting. Um, but but it also creates the big question, okay, can he stay healthy entering age 38, playing in the field, still dealing with some chronic right knee pain? It's a lot of fun to watch him out there. But it's also like every time you see him slide, like he did on a home run ball, it's a little concerning given this guy's age and his, his injury history. Yeah, and, and I mean, he was flashing the leather uh, yesterday at first base. Oh, so. totally, yeah. <laughs> it's always exciting. He made a diving stop, yeah. uh, fired to second base off his knees. It was a great play. It was another reminder that, like, okay, this guy's still got it. He can still, he can still move around a little bit. We are talking with Detroit Tigers beat writer for the athletic, Cody Stavenhagen. Now, you talk about A.J. Hinch. It was his first game uh, back 
in the dugout uh, coaching, you know, managing a baseball team since uh, everything that happened um, in the 2019 World Series. Actually, I believe that was his last game that, uh, that, yeah, he, that he managed. Yeah, so now he's back. He's in Detroit. What's the uh, – What's the sense of optimism out there? How did everyone take that hiring uh, at, at first, and how is everyone responding to it now? Obviously, he has a win under his belt, so nothing to really complain about yet, right? <laughs> yeah, he's 1-0. Everything's great. Um, <laughs> no, obviously the hinge hire like came with some built-in controversy because of um, his role in the Astros scandal. I think there were certain fans who... Um, you know, I think nationally it got a decent amount of criticism. I think in Detroit, there were certain fans who were like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to root for this guy. The Tigers shouldn't have hired a cheater. I think as time has went on, uh, people have become a little bit more educated about the, just the complexity and some of the weird gray areas and that, you know, supposedly Hinch was, was not at all a ringleader. He destroyed the sign stealing monitors on two occasions, but yet, he was still the manager. This did still happen under his watch. There's also a debate about how culpable is he actually? How much should he have really been kind of one of the the faces of that scandal? And is that fair? And is that not? And everyone has their own varying opinions. But I can tell you since the day this guy's took over, you can feel the difference having A.J. Hinch in the clubhouse. You can see why the Tigers were willing to take that PR risk a little bit to hire this guy. He's brought a whole new level of diligence, of preparation, of attention to detail, of communication. Um, you can just feel it in spring training, kind of this atmosphere that playtime's over, and even though the Tigers probably aren't going to be any good this year, um, they're ready to take winning seriously. Hinch isn't just going to accept um, an awful losing season, and even if they do lose a lot of games, Hinch wants to, to make some real improvements to start changing the culture in this organization. And you can feel it just talking to him, just talking to players. I think they have been um, just very impressed by, by the level of preparation Hinch and his staff have brought to the yard every day. I think you can tell it's one of those things that, that's going to make everybody a little better and, and why Hinch has a, a uh, strong reputation, you know, at least on the field as, as for what he can do as a manager. Yeah, and he brings a different uh, managerial style, right? Especially with managing the bullpen. Uh, yesterday, he had some uh, some some uh, some situations. Mainly, uh, the one I want to talk about is Gregory Soto. Uh, he elected to stay with him after he gave up a two run home run to uh, to get the get the save. So, how is that going? I mean, is Gregory Soto the guy that is, is? Does he have the stuff to be the next elite closer? And what was your reaction in Hinch actually staying with Soto and giving him a little bit of boost of confidence? Yeah, it's uh, th that was one of the things I was most interested to watch coming into the game. Is how is AJ Hinch? going to use this bullpen because we didn't really know he hasn't uh, named any any official roles in the bullpen he's talked a lot about wanting guys to be versatile I kind of get the sense especially for the first month it's almost going to be like an extended spring training and he's still evaluating a lot of guys and seeing where they best fit but I think he's also going to just play the matchups more than a traditional seventh eighth ninth inning role for a lot of these guys um, I thought we saw that a little bit when Jose Cisnero entered in the sixth and then, then when Daniel Norris finished in the seventh and the eighth. 
Soto, although he's not technically been named the closer, he has that closer stuff. He can throw 99, 100 miles an hour. I think he's going to get the shot to pitch either in the ninth inning or in the, the highest leverage situation in the game. Um, a lot of times this year, Soto's amazing to watch pitch. He can be locked down at times, but he's also struggled with command. Um, I, I feel like under Ron Gardenhire's staff, it was kind of like, you can usually tell if you're getting good Soto or bad Soto and in the first batter he faces, is he around the strike zone? Is he generating swings and misses? We got a little bit of the bad Soto yesterday and I was almost expecting to see someone in the bullpen right as soon as he gave up that homer. Um, we didn't see that, although AJ Hinch did put Brian Garcia in as Soto was facing the final batter. I think he also kind of said, Hey, you know, if you want to be the guy, this is your inning and you're going to have to get out of it. And that, and that's what he did. And sure enough, Soto um, induced a fly ball to get the third out. And, and um, even though he gave up a two run home run and it wasn't pretty, uh, he comes away with his first save of the year. So now I'll be interested to see, okay, does Soto automatically get the ninth inning the next time the Tigers are leading or will this change how he's used it all? Um, I, I think it showed some confidence. I think it showed him showing some confidence saying, if you want to pitch the ninth inning, this is this is your hitting no matter what. Yeah, and that goes a long way, especially like with the, the mentality of having to be a closer and having to pitch in those uh, high leverage situations. So, I mean, Hinch electing to stay with him, maybe it pays off in the long run, and maybe we're seeing uh, Soto kind of kind of go through some growing pains, but get that closer role and become the next uh, next you know elite guy over there. Who who knows? Who knows? It's going to be a fun watch. Uh, definitely a storyline to watch throughout the rest of 2021 and beyond. Um, and talking about 2021 and beyond, man, the Tigers, they have a lot of prospects, uh, five in the top 25 of the top 100 prospects in MLB. Um, Casey, Casey Mize made the starting rotation. How, how shocked were you with, with that decision? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really shocked at all. Mize made his big league debut last year. And even though he struggled, I think his ERA was like six nine nine. It always felt to me like one of those things where, when the Tigers made the decision to put Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal in the majors, um, they kind of wanted them in the majors for good, if at all possible. Now, Skubal really adjusted well late last season. His ERA number still wasn't pretty, but he had some really good starts, and Skubal was lights out this spring. Mize really struggled in, I think, his probably his first three spring training outings. He wasn't commanding his fastball. He was issuing a lot of walks. And it, it was becoming a legit discussion of, okay, can we really put him back in this rotation? But do we really want to start him at the, the alternate training site where he's facing nobody for a month? Um, luckily, Mize made it a little easier by pitching pretty well in his final two spring training outings. His, uh, that penultimate outing, for sure, his stuff was, was off the charts, as good as I've seen it, maybe ever. And so my, we, we see Mize in this rotation. Again, I'm not really surprised by it. Um, you, you, you hope he pitches well and can really adjust to the big leagues more this season. But the Tigers, for a long time, have made it clear that these pitching prospects, Mize, Manning, um, and Scooble, are kind of the future. And I, I think they want to view it as such. They want to give this year to develop those guys. And you hope by the end of the year, you know, this franchise can have confidence in Casey Mize and he can be an established member of the rotation. 
that's definitely the plan, and I think that's why he's uh, he's he's going to be in this rotation to start the year. And two of the three are are already in the rotation. What's the timeline yeah. on uh, Matt Manning? Yeah, Matt Manning's an interesting guy. He threw a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball and a, one of the better curveballs, you know, I've ever seen. He's going to start the year um, kind of at the AAA level. So I think they're even still deciding: do we send him to the alternate training site, or, or should they keep him down in Florida until the AAA season actually begins in May? Um, I think the idea Manning also missed some time last year with a forearm strain. So they're going to build him up kind of slowly. We only saw him throw two innings at a time in the spring. And I think the hope is when you start getting into June, July, maybe August, when some of these other guys might be running into innings limits or, or even being shut down because of the shortened season, you can kind of plug in Manning who will just be getting fully built up. I think we'll definitely see him in the big leagues by late summer, uh, potentially even earlier if, you know, if just circumstances dictated, if there are injuries, if there's an opening in the rotation. Manning's super talented. He also does need to show he's never pitched at the AAA level before. Um, he's worked to develop a slider. He has a decent changeup, but he can become a little too fastball, curveball dependent. So I think it'll also be interesting to watch him at AAA and see can he have success there? Can he really continue to develop a third pitch that he's probably going to need um, if he wants to thrive in the major leagues? Now, other than Matting, because uh, it sounds like he's getting close to making a debut here, possibly in 2021. Uh, we're hoping to see Manning sooner rather than later. But um, other other than Manning, of all the prospects, because there are a lot of prospects, the, the Tigers, you know, they've been in a rebuild and, and, and they're, <laughs> the prospects are, are showing. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Like I said, five in the top 25 prospects. Out, instead of Manning, who do you see being a a uh, big player um, or the next big splash for the Tigers coming up from the farm system? Well, yeah, I think I think that's when you start looking at the hitters and um, you can't talk about the hitters without, without talking about Spencer Torkelson, a, a Bay Area kid who was obviously the number one overall pick last year. Um, he actually really struggled in spring training, uh, which was, which was kind of surprising. He only had one hit. I think he struck out on almost half of his, uh, half of his at-bats, but, you know, he's also facing the toughest pitching he's ever faced in his life. Torgelson's probably going to start in high A. There might be fans clamoring by the end of the year, oh, bring up Twerk. I would I would kind of point to um, remember this spring training and how he struggled in terms of hitting is really hard. I think it'll be wise for the Tigers to give him some time to develop. But I think by next spring training, the Tigers are going to be looking hard at Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green, who is who's the number five overall pick two years ago. Um, and Riley Green's made a great impression ever since the day he was drafted. He'll probably start in double A. Again, there's an outside chance we could see those guys this year, but I think 2022, if not opening day, then early in the season, uh, Tork and Riley Green will be knocking on the door, and they are uh, they're both really good hitters and, and very exciting prospects. 2022, 2023, the turnaround begins, right? You would hope so. That's the plan. <laughs> if if not, then we got some problems, and, <laughs> and some people probably are losing their jobs. But you would, you know, I think the goal is show improvement this year, get all the prospects up in 22, and then in 23, you have some experience. In 24, you can really contend, and then you start thinking, oh man, that's we really want to wait three or four more years for this. But the good news is, it's uh. 
it's slowly getting a lot more interesting and that trend should continue, you know, for the next couple of years here. Yeah. And the pandemic kind of, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say derailed, but it changed, uh, timelines. A little yeah. Bit, so yeah, I'd say it pushed the whole thing back a year, which is, uh, which, which, which isn't fun, obviously. Yeah. So teams that are, that are in the rebuild, uh, like the tigers, like the giants, I mean, we'll, we'll see, maybe they're competitive at the same time. Maybe we'll get another, uh, world series down the line. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that'd be fun. And you never know. A lot of people with Hinch like to compare it to the 2015 Astros. I think their core was a little bit more ready, but Hinch got that team to the playoffs, I would say, a year or two quicker than anyone quite expected. Uh, so maybe maybe something similar could happen here in Detroit. That's It's probably a long shot, but uh, it's fun to think about. All right, Cody, I appreciate you coming on and uh and enjoy the the off day, rare off day after uh after opening day and then uh get back to it tomorrow in in Motown, man, Detroit. And thank you for coming on. All right, yeah, thanks for having me anytime. And again, that was Cody Stavenhagen, beat writer for the Detroit Tigers of the Athletic. Go ahead and check him out on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow at Cody Stavenhagen. That is C-O-D-Y-S-T-A-V-E-N-H-A-G-E-N. That is a long last name, and I can relate, Cody. I can relate. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that podcast, talking some opening day and just the uh, the atmosphere in Detroit and what they have going on and just that scene. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out on uh, on YouTube. I mean, it was an absolute snow blizzard at the beginning of the game. And, yeah, just like Cody said, you, <laughs> later in the game, you wouldn't even know that it, was, uh, that it was snowing unless you looked at the weather. So hope you guys enjoyed this one. We got more content coming up all year long. We're going to be going all around Major League Baseball as we have been doing during spring training. It's not going to stop as we get into the regular season. So I hope you guys are ready for more next week. And you guys enjoy the weekend. We got a lot of baseball coming up. Have fun, be safe, and I'll talk to you next time.